Welcome back to Nate the Hate, where I am once again joined by everyone's favorite mate, modern vintage gamer, better known as MVG. What's up, Nate? Great to be here. Always great to have you here. And today we're going to talk about the DualSense controller, or maybe what some people call the DualShock 5. But it is ultimately the PlayStation 5 controller. And Who's calling it well, the DualShock 5? <laughs> come on, we know somebody is. <laughs> No, no, let's, let's stop that right now. It's not the DS5 or the DualShock 5. It's the DualSense. <laughs> That's right, the DualSense. An interesting name to go with and interesting-looking controller, to say the least. Uh, what was your initial reaction to when Sony came out with this concept-looking controller? I think when I first saw it, I, uh, I took a minute just to take it in. You know, the, the initial reaction is what what is this what am i looking at but i i kind of just took about 60 seconds nate looked closely at it looked at the two-tone design or the two-tone color scheme they had on it and i kind of walked away feeling like man this is a pretty damn good looking controller i'm i'm all about this like it's easy to to glance at it and just kind of shit on it and say what is this? You know, is this like the controller that comes with that switch looking analog? Uh, sorry, that switch looking alienware tablet device, you know, but if you, if you look closer, you can see the, the really good design that's been put into this. And I liked, I like it. I, I think it looks really cool and uh, I'm, I'm on board with it. I, I, I'm okay with the, the color scheme, I know some people didn't care for it. They felt like it it took away from the design because you couldn't really get your head around the actual you know shape of the controller because the the dark parts kind of masked off you know the actual look of it in some way. But I think it looks cool, and I know that some people were you know just photoshopping a different color scheme and different designs on top. Which is great. I mean, you know, the future is is uh, is bright. If Sony inevitably will release special edition or different color controllers, but yeah, man, I, I think it's a it's a nice looking controller, and you know, it it really gets me excited about the PS Five as this futuristic console that you know is something that is really going to blow people away when it comes out. Yeah, I think the two-tone color design is really what threw people for, you know, some confusion. You looked at it and kind of like, wait a minute, is this, I saw a lot of people on Twitter saying, is this legit? Is this real? Is this a rumor? Where did it come from? Until they were redirected to the official, you know, PlayStation blog where Sony had detailed it and showed off, uh, I think, a trio of different pictures showing it. And once you looked beyond the two-tone and you really took in the actual design and even compared it to other controllers, this is a this is actually a radical change from Sony. And we're not used to seeing Sony take such drastic changes when it comes to their controller design because we've had the DualShock design dating back to the PlayStation 1. So we've had it for PS1, PS2, PS3, and a slight deviation when it came to the PlayStation 4, but they all shared a similar design as far as the angles go, ergonomics, and the DualSense is a complete change from what we've expected from Sony controllers. And when I looked at it, 
based on the angles and everything, it reminded me more of a Wii U Pro controller mm. than any other controller out there right now. And, you know, it's kind of, that kind of threw me for a loop for a second because we're not used to Sony coming out with these, I'll say slightly larger than the standard PlayStation size controllers. I think the the DualShock controller, while it is a or an iconic controller that's been around, like you said, for literally 25 years, if there's any criticism about that controller, it's maybe the size is a little on the smaller end of the scale. It hasn't, I mean, it hasn't grown at all really since the first revision of it when it came out on the PlayStation 1. It's always been that same shape and design, albeit with some minor tweaks here and there. So, you know, for me, increasing the size slightly, and you're right, I agree. I think it does remind me of a Switch Pro controller, which incidentally was hilarious because if you remember on Twitter that day, Switch Pro was trending, number one, and everyone was like, what is this? Is is the Switch Pro being announced today as well? But it wasn't. Uh, But... It, it was uh it was it, it's definitely an interesting design i i like the fact that sony has you know gone out of their comfort zone a little and come up with a slightly bigger looking controller but it's also very familiar as well because i mean if you look at the button layouts the analog stick layouts nothing has really changed you know it's it's very very familiar as well especially compared to the DualShock 4. So, you know, if you're used to holding a DualShock 4, I think you're really going to like the DualShock... Well, sorry, the, the DualSense. I was about to say the Dual, DualShock 5. The DualSense, because <laughs> you're, not, you're not going to have to relearn any of, you know, the thumbsticks or the, the button layouts or anything. It's going to be very familiar to you. And I think that's important going into next gen when, you know, we, we, we've been told that you're going to be playing at least 100 PS4 games on launch as part of backward compatibility. So yeah, I I like the controller. I think the design is cool. I don't have a problem with the two-tone color scheme. I applaud Sony for taking a bit of a risk and, you know, getting out of their comfort zone for this. And yeah, I'm I'm now I'm really interested about well, we've seen the controller. What does the what does the system look like now? And you know that will be an interesting uh, discussion uh, when when that gets released or revealed at some point. Yeah, we definitely have perhaps a better idea of what the PlayStation Five is going to look like because we do have this two toned controller, even with the light in the background. So, could we see the PlayStation Five using the light once again? Because we did have the stripe on the PS Four and. Let's say they go with a similar setup as the PlayStation 4 Pro, where it was this stackable pyramid type of design. Could we see, you know, maybe it's going to be black in the middle and it's going to be, you know, sandwiched between an outer white shell or, you know, a racing stripe type of thing. So, you know, we really don't have a general, we have a general idea of where Sony may be going with the design of the PlayStation 5. And maybe it's not going to be a generic black rectangle like we typically get from you know game console hardware and that's not a dig at microsoft and their giant black tower Mm -hmm. with the series x but it seems like sony is 
kind of looking at things from a future concept perspective by doing the white on black two-tone design and i mean and as we could see a lot of color variations because we know sony and all game companies like to do you know numerous controller options whether it be come out with a pink controller a gray controller we know sony's going to celebrate the playstation in some way with a more standard gray playstation style approach or even an all black controller as time advances but a two-tone one at launch i think it's a neat looking controller once you get past the initial shock factor my only concern is white tends to stain (laughs) whether it's from food sweat while you're playing the game it's always noticeable like you're always advised don't buy a white car because it's going to show the dirt that's true that is true (laughs) yeah it'll be interesting to see i mean look sony is no stranger to the color white i mean i know that may sound a little odd especially in north america where you know every system they've ever released has been you know black in color but in japan uh pretty much everything that they've ever released has been white so if you think about you know the 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 ps2 the vita the the vita tv the ps3 all of those are white systems even the the psx which is the the combination dvr um playstation 2 setup that they had that's a a, a pure white system so Sony isn't, you know, a stranger to the color white at all. But I will say, I mean, in North America, absolutely, it's something that we are probably not that used to. But again, I mean, they've they did the uh, the the I think it was the um, the uh, one of the uh, special edition console PS4 consoles for um, one of their games. It escapes me which one it was now, but that that was a white system with a white controller. And it had kind of, you know, the, the, the black um, kind of trim around it. So this is not really anything new to Sony, but I do agree that the design is is a little different than, than what we've seen before. But hey, Nate, I wanted to ask you, I mean, compared to the Series X controller that we've, we've seen as well, which is continues the Xbox's tradition of the, the you know, the... the the controller that 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 they had on the Xbox One and the Series X and the 360 before it, where they've got the the offset thumbsticks and and you know all that stuff. I mean, which which controller feels looks more appealing to you at this time? I mean, obviously we haven't you know put these in our hands yet and and had a play with them, but just looking at the two of them, which one do you think looks more appealing at the moment? We'll be back after a quick break. Ever thought modern video games should be more interesting? At the Gaming Blender, we take randomized genres, mechanics, and make a new game every episode. I've added permadeath. We have a survival game of a hardcore simulation, which could be House Flipper, and with the permadeath of XCOM. Then that all has to be an action adventure. Yes. Ooh, dear. Yes. And sometimes it doesn't quite work. And you you have a construction off over the course of the of the narrative a construction off the <laughs> way the way we can do this is that we ditch your idea entirely entirely check out the gaming blender on all your favorite podcast platforms now at the moment i would probably have to say 
the dual sense only because I feel like I already have a firm grasp and idea of what the Series X controller is going to be because it looks like a very safe evolution of the Xbox One controller that we have right now. And I don't actually have any problems with the Xbox One controller. It's comfortable. I like how the analog sticks are oriented. I don't like the D-pad on the Xbox One controller. I think it's very flimsy. It's Yeah, not a fan. Not, yeah, it's not very accurate for the buttons I'm pressing in games like Gears of War. If I'm hitting down, sometimes the angle will be off just by a, a small amount of a degree, and it won't register. And that can be slightly bothersome, but it's not a big deal. But like the DualSense... Just based on the images, it looks like it will rest nicely in my hands. I do have fairly large hands. And I like the button spacing of the face buttons on the DualSense. It's, it's looks like it's further apart than what we have on the Xbox pad based on the pictures. I mean, this is obviously be something we have to have in our hands to get. But the ergonomics look good on the DualSense. The D-pad is what we've seen on you know, like the PlayStation Vita, the PSP Go, and I believe the Sony, uh, the Xperia had a similar mm -hmm. looking D-pad. Yep. And, and I mean, yes, we'll use them for fighting games, but generally speaking, those are going to be used as just additional face buttons in a lot of games. And I know not everyone likes the broken up D-pad because it can be bothersome in games like Fighters, but it looks... It looks nice in the pictures. I'd have to see how far it kind of dips down from my thumb to make, you know, a half circle move. But yeah, my initial impressions is I think the dual sense might be a little more ergonomically comfortable for someone with my hand size. Yeah. I like I prefer the D-pad of the dual sense over the, the you know, the hybrid D-pad. Although, you know, you can pull off those diagonal inputs better with a series x controller i guess in theory i agree with you i'm not a big fan of of that kind of look and feel it's kind of too plasticky for me and but i mean i guess you know the the hardcore and i'm just throwing out the fighting game people are they going to, going to be using these controls anyway versus just a regular <laughs> arcade fighting fight stick or whatever they normally use right. i mean i have seen people you know turn up to tournaments just using a controller and using the pad and, and pulling off some ridiculous moves. But yeah, I mean, I, I think um, for me, the D-pad, the the, uh, the DualSense takes takes the, the edge there off the Series X. I mean, look, um, it's a little controversial to say this, but I think that the Series X controller was was safe and yes. the DualSense was a, a, a calculated gamble, which I think has has worked for sony it, it they they were successful you know they they got the buzz they got the hype they got a lot more praise than they got criticized for most of the criticism was probably from xbox people that were just you know saying whatever they wanted to about the playstation 5 anyway i think you know there's nothing wrong with the, the series x controller there's nothing wrong with it at all i think it's a very nice looking controller and then you know why change what already works or why mess around with something that that has worked for you for many years totally agree with that but i also feel like you know sony took the lead on this one with just taking a bit more of a risk and i think it paid off for them 
Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. When I look at the Xbox controller, it reminds me of when Nintendo goes a traditional controller route, like we saw with the Wii U Pro Controller to the Switch Pro Controller. It's It was a safe, natural progression of the controller that worked for them, much like Sony up to this point. They took a safe approach. But then with the PS5 and the DualSense, Sony went with a, the more drastic change, as you mentioned. And like I'm looking at the picture of it now, the spacing of the face buttons on the DualSense are much more spaced out than what you have on a DualShock 4 or even on the Xbox Series X controller. And I mean, that's good for certain games where, you know, I'm not going to accidentally hit two buttons with my thumb when I'm in, you know, an intense combat situations. At the same time, when I look at the DualSense, the first thought that comes to my mind is maybe Sony designed this controller with the Western market in mind, as opposed to appealing to Japan, where they do like smaller, more condensed products, where they were likely designing the PlayStation 1, PS2, PS3 with Japan as a primary focus. And now, since the Japanese market is changing and it is evolving to more of a mobile and switch focused market, and Sony is, you know, they're not in those markets anymore. The PlayStation 4 has had great success in North America, in Europe. It has been successful in Japan to a lesser scale, but now it's it almost seems like this controller was made with the Americas and European countries in mind, saying, let's get a controller that fits bigger hands where we can make more of the cinematic experience that will work better with the controller we have in mind, which would bring up a lot of the new features Sony has implemented into this controller because they've put a lot into the dual sense with... Like they have the new shape for a wide range of hand sizes and gamer types. They have haptic feedback. Mm -hmm. They now have adaptive triggers in the L2 and R2 buttons. They have grip on the analog sticks. They have it's USB-C. Yes, which is which is huge. I mean, let's let's not discount that. You know, Sony. Uh, yeah, Sony really took the the gamble and, and went USB-C, which is the right thing to do compared to Microsoft, which is still using the AA batteries. And for me, that's that's another thing that I think Sony has easily won the, the battle on because why would you use AA batteries in 2020 when you can just use USBs Type-C? Even I even just regular think, USB, I mean, yeah. you know, get rid of the battery compartments. And I, I think Microsoft's kind of explanation for that, you know, I mean, again, it's it's just a safe thing to do. It's like we've already we've always done this, so we're gonna do it again, which is fine if that's what you're used to. But I can tell you, man, I, I've got a Xbox One VCR and. I still replace my batteries on that damn controller all the time. Like, I feel like right now it just eats up my batteries like crazy and I hardly ever even use the thing. Like, I was playing Fantasy Star Online 2, you know, when the the beta was out um, last month and I swear I went through like two sets of double A's, you know, playing playing through that um, over a weekend. And, you know, we shouldn't be replacing batteries on controllers anymore. This is... This is something where you should just be charging your controller on a charging station with USB. Yeah, and then I'll come to Microsoft's defense here a little bit. And I do believe the Series X controller is USB-C if you buy a renewable 
battery pack from them. Yeah. So I believe they do have that feature. And I I understand why Microsoft offers that double A battery option. Why? Because it's an option. <laughs> like my thing is whenever it comes to like a controller, if the option can be there, have it available. Like for some people, like I you could still buy rechargeable double A batteries for fairly cheap prices that are probably cheaper than what Microsoft is going to charge for a battery pack. And if I have those, you know, if I have that, those batteries already, and I can just, I pop in two, I put them in my controller, those mm. other two, I pop into my recharge station. I don't have to worry about anything. It's a nice option to have available. I get why Sony does not go that route, but I, I'm not at the point where I will smack microsoft down for having that option in the controller i get why people hate it though but i'm kind of like you know i'm okay with that i do have renewable i have rechargeable batteries so i kind of you know i just swap them in and out and it's not a big deal to me but i can see why it's kind of like we're going to spend 70 to 80 dollars on these controllers and i guess that's really would be the big talking point is the dual sense looks every bit a seventy nine ninety nine controller. A hundred percent. A hundred percent looks like an eighty dollar yeah. controller. And the Series X controller, probably right there with it. And maybe then, a touch cheaper. Maybe, but maybe sixty. Uh, yeah, maybe or, or sixty five. Um, I, yeah, I agree with you. I mean, these both of these controllers look very expensive, and I think this the uh, the Dual Sense is the more expensive of the two, no doubt. And yeah, I mean, if if you're going to buy a PS5 at launch, you're probably going to get the console and a controller. And if you want to add another controller to the mix, I mean, yeah, you're dropping like another $80. Yeah, easily. I mean, I guess that's the only point I could see where people can look at Microsoft and say, you don't come with a rechargeable battery. Why am I paying a premium for your controller where Sony is giving us a rechargeable battery? So that like I could see that being a talking point where there's a little disconnect in terms of pricing and being mad at Microsoft, but you know I'll I'll defend them on giving me that option for now. Yeah. Uh, another feature for the DualSense Five is that Sony has said it's going to weigh less than a DualShock Four. It will have stronger battery life because the DualShock 4's battery life was abysmal. It was embarrassing. It is. And it was something Sony never should have brought to market. It is. I'm playing Final Fantasy VII Remake right now, and I've, I'm, I'm always wired in like with the USB cable into the into the front because I may get a couple of hours out of that thing before it dies. You know. Yeah, it was the DualShock 4 has to go down as one of the worst controllers sony has put out in terms of overall quality at launch the analog sticks would peel off the battery life was terrible they had to patch in so we could dim down that light because at launch the light on the controller was blinding yep the dualshock 4 was a a frankenstein of disasters but that's <laughs> that's a different video <laughs> yeah. so what about the light bar on the dual sense i mean it's got the you know the the aesthetic looking um glow around the the touchpad and the dualshock 4 had the actual light bar which was you know it was used in some games that would kind of tell you if your health was low and but really it it 
took its um, functionality mainly in the VR stuff, which was something that it was necessary for. So do you think that the light glow around the touchpad is just an aesthetic thing or do you think there is some features that it will will utilize that or some games that will utilize that 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 feature or do you think vr is something that is feasible on on this controller or do you think there is another controller that would kind of work with the next vr that that has been rumored i think it's mostly for backwards compatibility just in the sense of a lot of games use it to some extent i don't know about vr because this time it's front facing whereas yeah. in dualshock 4 it was on the top and almost it wasn't fully rear but it was top so i know they used it in some games it would turn red if your health was low mm-hmm. or it would turn green if you had full health but on the placement of a dualshock 4 is you couldn't see that when you were playing right this time because it's going to be in front of you it's going to be right where your hands are right alongside them when it's going to change color you'll actually get some of that visual feedback even if it's just in your periphery Mm -hmm. whereas on the dualshock 4 you weren't going to pick that up unless it reflected off the screen of your television yeah so this actually seems like they looked at it and said well that was stupid placement of us last time even though it was primarily there for the vr as you said this time let's actually make it a frontward facing light and we can use it in games but my concern with features like this and we saw it with the ps4 we're seeing it with the nintendo switch even we saw it with the xbox one is that you launch a controller with all these exciting new features and like the dual sense with it has the haptic feedback it's going to have the microphone it has the speaker how much of these features are we going to actually see utilized outside of that first I'll give it first 12 months that's a that's a great question I will say that I uh I've heard rumblings we'll, we'll say this I'll leave it at that but I've heard rumblings that uh the launch games for the PS5 will all have the haptic feedback because it's a you know it's a selling point of the system it's something that sony has has advertised before as a new feature that they're really excited about so i think we'll see we'll see some level of support in the first 12 months launch games will have definitely have the support for it but to your point it's not something that you know developers need to add to their games to pass certification to get to market and i think it's one of those things that ultimately will may you know which may just end up getting forgotten about which is really unfortunate but that's just the reality of the situation when you've when you're a triple a game studio or any game studio and you're building games cross-platform for pc xbox switch and ps4 potentially those types of features the value adds tend to get you know left behind because it's it's additional time to the development cycle that a lot of the times people just you know there's no budget for it or there's no time for it and you know i i I hope i'm wrong on this one i hope we see more of those features get utilized and i think with the exclusive sony games we will see those features 
but yeah i mean i would say that you know all the, all those features are really cool the microphone i'm, I'm look kojima is going to use the microphone right i mean whatever whatever <laughs> kojima is coming up with next he'll use the microphone and he'll use the the haptic feedback and he'll use the triggers and you know all whatever he can whatever kind of human reaction he can get from the player into code he's going to attempt to do so i mean you know that that's pretty cool but other than that yeah i i would say that it's something that will get used probably at a minimum which is really unfortunate but it's cool that those features are there and and hopefully we'll see more development studios embrace you know some of those features because i think i think they are cool i think haptic feedback is a cool feature and the way that they were advertising it as you know you can feel the you can feel the the road underneath you and when you're playing like gran turismo i mean that sounds really interesting to me and i definitely want to experience that on as many games as i can but yeah I, i would say probably like you said after the first 12 months will get a uh, you know a very very limited set of of support for those features see like sony came out and they said oh with the haptic feedback you'll feel the road in gran turismo and that gave me immediate flashbacks mm. to microsoft at e3 saying on the xbox one our haptic feedback with our impulse triggers will have you feel the concrete below the tires when you're playing a new forza game yeah i don't remember that feature standing out to me in a meaningful way when I played those games with this haptic feedback. And that's my concern with it's a, are a lot of these features, just buzzwords to say, look at these cool ideas we're going to implement, or is it just going to turn into another HD rumble situation where right. it's cool to use, you know, in a half dozen games, but ultimately it is forgotten. And when it comes time to do the first, you know, new release of the dual sense, they're going to remove yeah. some of these features. Like Nintendo completely ditched HD rumble with the release of the Switch Lite. So yeah. that's how important of a feature Nintendo ended up viewing HD rumble despite making it a focal point at the Switch's debut presentation back in January 2017. Within two and a half years, they were ready to ditch it. And that's my concern with features like the microphone, in the dual sense it could be cool they're saying oh you can use it for voice chat if you don't have a headset i am not sure if that's really ever going to catch on with the majority of players because it's going to have to be a really high quality microphone if i'm using it for voice chat but as you said like kojima and other game creators if they can implement it in the game where let's you know let's say it's a death stranding 2 or the continuing rumored silent hill game mm-hmm. coming to the playstation 5 where it's oh i have to whisper a code to unlock a door and you hold up the controller and you know you say what the hell's a term from silent hill um, <laughs> well like uh, some random three number combination to unlock yeah. a safe or something <laughs> yeah it'd be like one two three <laughs> and then you can feel like the door unlock right the haptic feedback and even the speaker can do a little like yeah that can be cool in the game if it is implemented but as you said it's likely to be limited to just you know maybe a dozen half maybe a dozen and a half exclusive games and it's not going to be something we see widely used by third-party publishers and developers and unfortunately 
a lot of games that Sony and Microsoft rely on are third party. And if they don't have incentive to, you know, try and use these potentially game changing features, I don't know if we're going to see them utilized to their fullest. And that's always concerning because I mean, like right now we're talking about the potential of these ideas and how they could change how we interact with games. And we saw Nintendo, how they used the speaker back on the Wii. You had the coins or you had Midna talk through the speaker when you played Twilight Princess and you heard the coin jingle when you played Super Mario Galaxy. And then Sony put the speaker in the DualShock 4. And all I remember that was really from shaking the controller when (laughs) I played Infamous when I needed spray paint and you could hear just a little... Yeah. And like, oh, that was neat. But it, I mean, it wasn't anything that it wasn't necessary. It was just kind of like, oh, yeah, look at that. It sounds like a spray can. The the problem is, the problem is there's no standard kind of API for this stuff. You know, this is, Mm -hmm. these are value adds to Sony. You know, Microsoft, they have their value adds. Nintendo has their value adds. If there was a standard API that developers could tap into across these controllers for each of these systems. And what I'm saying is, you know, one set of code that basically did the same thing across all the controllers for all the different consoles, then I think that would be more compelling because these uh-huh. these one-off, Sony's got this really cool feature on their controller. Look, the reality is, man, developers aren't going to go for that because like I said, it's going to take more time for them to ship a game which, as you know, I mean, crunch is a massive problem in the industry. Why would they want to spend another, you know, two weeks trying to nail down the, the haptic feedback on, on a game or making sure that the microphone is, is working to take, you know, voice commands appropriately to solve puzzles in Silent Hill? Some of those, some of those things aren't just going to happen, and that's the reality of it. If there was a, if there was a standard API that, would work across platform so xbox had their version of it but it did the same thing and sony had their version of it yeah i mean i could see that but unfortunately those things you know don't exist for 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 some of those things on the controller so yeah i i don't expect to see anything massive coming out of it your point about these things being a marketing uh, marketing speak i mean that could well be be the case as well but I have heard um, from from some folks that I know that the haptic feedback stuff, at least for launch, will be something that Sony is is pushing for their launch games. Anything beyond that remains to be seen. Yeah, like I can see. Let's assume Blue Point's game, which is heavily rumored to be. I mean, it's gone from Castlevania to Demon Souls to Metal Gear Solid. <laughs> Whatever game it is from them. I can see the haptic feedback, the microphone, the speaker. Yeah. Any of these new features that the DualSense is going to introduce be heavily used because they're going to want to convince us that this controller is doing something new and revolutionary for game design and you need a game to highlight those. And one feature I love that Sony did bring back, and I'm disappointed Microsoft has yet to implement it, is Gyro. Yes, I agree. I totally agree with you. I, I think that's awesome. And I, I, I don't know what the deal with Microsoft is. 
Yes, I don't know. I know a lot of people are like, oh, Waggle's terrible. Like, Gyro isn't Waggle. Gyro is a very accurate means of aiming. Like, play Doom on the Switch with Gyro aiming. It's as close to as you can get on a home console to mouse controls. Mm-hmm. When implemented proper, gyro aiming is game-changing. And we had gyro on the DS4. Few games used it. I believe Dreams uses it, and it uses it very well. The, I'm trying to think of another game that really used... I know Infamous used it to spray paint... Yeah. which seems to be the main focus of that game when it came to utilizing the DualShock 4 features, which is spray paint. Um, <laughs> it wasn't like we didn't really see it used in a lot of first-person shooters as a secondary option, which we see a lot on Switch releases. Developers and publishers love implementing gyro aiming, and I hope we see that trend transition to the PlayStation 5 in the DualSense. And Sony, Sony's been a little behind Microsoft when it comes to controller accessibility options like microsoft said they want to make their series x controller more about accessibility to other players they allow for controller remapping Mm -hmm. which is something sony has not yet committed with the dual sense but i saw on twitter that the lead engineer of the controller was asking people saying what would you like to see for accessibility options so it seems like they are going to be open to that maybe they patch in a feature you know in the firmware where they're going to allow us to you know, change the mapping of the buttons on the controller and such. But it is, it's just, it's weird to me how Microsoft has yet to embrace gyro controls. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I'm i not really sure why, but I mean, I think it, it also illustrates the, the point we're trying to make here and that Sony has the gyro, Xbox doesn't. And the reality is most games that are out there just won't, won't, won't support it for that exact reason you, you don't have a standard across both of those two controller types there's no standard api that, that determines that and then it's something that needs to be added on as an extra for you know the 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 dual shock 4 and the and the uh, the dual sense i wanted to ask you about the microphone because the microphone is interesting to me as well because the microphone will be used for voice chat and we've been told that it's going to be pretty good but if you want optimal voice chat plug in a headset and do it the the old-fashioned way or the traditional way so then my question is what is the purpose of a microphone in the dual sense because i've used microphone technology in controllers before like the nvidia shield controller has a microphone and i gotta tell you it was not very accurate as far as listening to voice commands and trying to figure out what you had said and trying to make a move or react to you know what what you're trying to do for example launch a, an application or launch something on the on the um on the dashboard it wasn't always that accurate because you know there's background noise there's there's all sorts of things that can get in the way i think sony will and has come up with a really good solution for this otherwise i don't think it would be at the point where we're at now in other words it's basically a retail controller this is the controller that we're going to get but i also question 
what is the purpose of this microphone? Is it just for voice chat, for convenience, or is there more to it? Other than, you know, Kojima's, you know, crazy game that he decides to, to come out with in a couple of years. I I think it's convenience. I think they're leaning into kind of what Microsoft tried to do last gen with the Connect, And it's, or we've even seen with the PlayStation 4, if you had a PlayStation camera where you just... You gave the voice command of launch game, go to PlayStation Store, yeah. select this. If I can just say that while I'm holding my control without the need of any extra hardware, it's kind of like talking to an Alexa, which a lot of people do. Yep, I, I don't because I don't need Alexa listening to me all the time. But I think we're just in a world now where voice commands is so standard. I think Sony looked at it and said, let's just make this a standard feature that's built into our controller. I'm sure we can disable it from a system level if we don't like it. I really don't see users utilizing it as a voice chat means in games for two reasons. The controller itself also has the speaker. Mm. So that means the chat audio would be coming out of my controller where my microphone is going to be a couple of centimeters below right so you're going to get a lot of disturbing feedback in that so that's not a good chat solution unless they routed it through the television which i think they could do right they could do yeah but you'd still get kind of some background noise feedback so yeah it still wouldn't be perfect but i think it's convenience for voice commands for applications and i think we're going to see it or hopefully see it utilized by indie studios kojima's <laughs> and some of Sony's first-party developers to make a more immersive gaming experience, maybe even VR, yes. where you can talk into the thing. Because otherwise, I don't see the necessity of having a microphone built onto the controller unless you have already you have the forethought of this is how we're going to utilize it. So, I mean, Sony is known to abandon a lot of ideas we start with the eye toy we start mm. with the playstation move they come out with an idea they support it for six months and then they just kind of like oh yeah that was a thing <laughs> we kind of forgot we released that thing or you know like the playstation vita <laughs> yeah true so i'm i'm hoping that they did look into this a little more they gave it some thought and they know how it's going to be used but I could see it being pretty practical for application use. Yeah, I think so. I, 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 I just want to make sure that the, the, the clarity of what it picks up is is on point, which I, I, th- I think it should be. But yeah, I've had some interesting experiences with microphones in game controllers in the past, which isn't always that accurate depending on where you live, the amount of background noise that's that's going on in your house and, and whatever else. But if anyone's going to get this right, I think Sony will. And like I said, if this is a, a, a retail final controller that we're going to see, then I think, um, you know, it should, be, it should be pretty good. Yeah, like one of the applications I could see it really being utilized well for is game switching. Like if I'm playing Final Fantasy VII right now, but I want to jump into, let's say, Bloodborne 2, hmm. if all I have to do is let's say hold down the PlayStation button and I can say launch Blood Bloodborne 2 and it just transitions me right into that game and my Final Fantasy 7 game is then suspended and it boots up, you know, this. they say you can boot up the game in five seconds. Yeah. And then I say, okay, I'm done playing Bloodborne 2. I say, return to Final Fantasy 7. 
I transition right back into it. That's a that would be a good use of the feature because it kind of reminds me of what we see with TVs, where I can talk into the remote and say, "Put on channel 12, and it changes the channel for me. Yeah. And because Microsoft and Sony are so big on the game suspended and resuming features moving into their next gen systems, that would be a really cool and practical use of something like the microphone. So Microsoft got a lot of shit for the Xbox One for this feature, the Connect. You know the the always yeah. listening connect, always always listening, waiting for you to say something. <laughs> Yet Sony is uh, is being applauded for the microphone in the in the new controller. Is it just no one was ready back then? But now we're like you said, we live in an Alexa world, or we live in a Siri or a Cortana world. So it's just a a. a value add feature that no one really is too bothered about anymore do you think there's more to that i think there's a little more to it is i mean we are in a living breathing orwell 1984 big brother is listening yeah but the connect also had a camera (laughs) that's true and i think i think that's what made some people a little more uneasy like yeah it might always be listening to me it also didn't help that it would like adjust itself and look up and down and stuff when it activated but i think the camera made people a little more uneasy like is this thing listening and watching me yeah whereas i mean yeah we're in a connected world your computer your phone an alexa a cortana a siri everything has a microphone and i think now it's just become so day-to-day routine for people it's nobody even bats an eye at it anymore do you think that Sony should have, or let, let me put it another way, do you think that they should offer a a cheaper version of the same controller with no microphone, no no uh, lighting, no um, you know, speaker, and and no haptic feedback type stuff, like just a a bare bones. Ooh. Dual sense without any of the dual sense features and sold it for like fifty bucks or forty five bucks. Do you think that's something that would be more interesting to to someone like you, where you don't really want the bells and whistles, or do you think because you know Sony's never really done the let's sell the elite controller that has all the bells and whistles like what Microsoft does. They they have one controller and they've always had one controller, but do you think maybe it's time that they they should maybe sell a a cut down version of the dual sense to you know to uh, an audience where they don't want to spend eighty dollars on a, a, a you know a second controller for the PS5, which is going to be very expensive, and you know quite honestly, man, like it's going to put some people off. I think. Yeah, I mean the PS5 is definitely going to be expensive. I think it's going to come in a little higher than some people are expecting, especially if they're going in with the expectation of sub 399 even 399 i think is unrealistic i'm definitely going into it expecting a 500 console but as for the controller question i think the dual sense as it is should be the basic version i think sony should embrace what microsoft is doing with an elite style controller where they can make the dual sense with extra bells and whistles like paddles hmm. and such and sell that for you know a $150 but I think I don't think you can gut 
a dual sense of all those features because if a game is designed around haptic feedback or the microphone or the speaker or the yeah. light or the touchpad then you need that by default otherwise you know i guess you get into that debate of if you're playing it without all those features are you actually playing the game as intended and then that's just another obstacle for a developer of i have to design the game now without these features in mind but that's not to say in you know two to three years after the ps5 is introduced if no games outside of that initial launch window are using any of these features that sony could not introduce a more rudimentary dual sense controller but i think the controller that comes with the system yeah. should remain the basic offering but they could always expand on it with a dual sense pro right. style controller with additional features that aren't necessary to the average consumer but maybe the competitive gaming scene or the hardcore gamer who just wants to make their experience a little a little simpler, be it paddles or the what was that new accessory the PS4 just had with the uh, the buttons on the back? Oh, the uh, yeah, the add-on to the the DualShock Four. Yes, yeah, something like that. I could right. see them adding those types of things into like a DualSense Pro for those who want it, and I think that's a smarter approach because yep. you're going to sell that at a higher premium price, and you'll always have a few million people who are interested in that and. You know, the yeah. standard controller is just going to sell because, I mean, your only other options are to get a third-party controller, which are pretty much hit or miss, or you go with Scuff, <laughs> yeah. who, does, who does add some features, but Scuff quality is also hit or miss. Sometimes they're great. Other times it's, what did I just drop 100 bucks on? Right. Microsoft, I think, has the edge here because they generally speaking allow you to bring your old controllers forward to the next generation series x will you know will allow you to bring your xbox one controllers forward sony's never really been about that in in some in some cases they have been but for the most part they haven't i think and we don't know if a dualshock 4 is going to work on a dual on a ps5 and maybe that's the solution you know if you want if you really want to play um you know on a cheaper controller then just use a dualshock 4 but we're not really sure if, if that's going to, to work at this point in time. I'd like to think that it is going to work considering, you know, there is backward compatibility considerations to think about. But in, in, in the past, yeah, Microsoft has always been better at allowing you to just take the control that you have and, and make it run on the next generation. Yeah, that's something I definitely like with Microsoft's approach to the Series X is that if I have an Xbox Elite controller right now, that controller is going to work on the Series X. I don't have to worry about upgrading. I don't need to worry about buying a new controller. Whatever Xbox One controllers I have, they're all going to work moving forward. So if I already have, you know, five controllers for whatever reason, I'm not going to be, you know, my wallet's not going to be crying come launch day when I say, well, I have to buy myself three more Series X controllers. It's no, yeah. I have five controllers at home already. Right Now, I mean, Microsoft has put in a lot of, new features into the series x controller i mean they've changed the overall mold a little bit where they rounded out the bumpers on the top and they put the new d-pad where it's actually more of a d-pad than just a hole you put your finger in it's backwards compatible with all the xbox one consoles 
controllers. It has the new Bluetooth low energy mode. Yep. And it has the dynamic latency input, which Microsoft is kind of hyping up as kind of game changing. Mm hmm. Yep. It's, because, yeah, yeah. And the share button as well. It's got that. Uh, it's also got haptic, haptic feedback, you know, it, you know, yep. as well. But they don't really seem to be pushing that anywhere near as much as what Sony was. Right. And, and Microsoft put a new uh, tactile dot pattern on the triggers and bumpers. So it's more similar to the special edition Xbox One controllers. So, I mean, Microsoft has made advances in their controllers. It just not, it's not leaps and bounds in terms of design and new features that we're seeing from Sony. But like right now, it's in terms of familiarity, I would give the edge to Microsoft because it is the controller that we have known for this last generation. And they are letting me bring my old controllers forward mm. and where Sony is going for that risky new gamble. Like yeah. the DualSense could potentially not resonate with people for, you know, whatever reason, be it the size or maybe just the general feel of how it feels in your hand. I mean, ergonomics is a big thing when it comes to gaming. A lot of people had to buy grips for their Nintendo Switch because, I mean, when you're playing the Switch in handheld mode, depending on your hand size and how you hold the system due to its weights, some, you know, they get cramps in their hands or i've seen some reports where people's you know their entire forearm is going numb from the way they're gripping it and i mean that's the worst thing you can have when you're playing a video games to be uncomfortable absolutely whereas like a dualshock 4 i always found my hands to be very cramped trying yeah. to get to the analog sticks or even to the face buttons and based on the pictures of a dual sense it does look more freeing yep i i agree i, I like the the uh the larger size and i think it's more suited for uh even for my hands which my hands aren't like massive or anything but i've always preferred the feel of the xbox controller over the um the playstation dualshock i mean i've always been a big fan of the duke controller on the original xbox and i know yes. a lot of people don't like that one because it's just unwieldy you know huge in size doesn't need to be but i i'm a big fan of it i, I think it's it's a great controller and it, it they, is. they haven't really sure they've changed the formula obviously they've gone they've gone smaller than that but you know from the minute i picked up a duke i've always been a big fan of of the xbox controllers the way that they feel so yeah i've i've i think that that the series x as far as the feel does take the edge well will take the edge i mean again we haven't sat down with either of them and and, and played around with them yet but yeah, I mean, and and the ability to bring your old controller forward is also a big selling point, especially when you consider a a multiplayer game or a you know a local co op game. You don't have to drop another eighty dollars on another controller to play. Sony has neither confirmed nor denied that the DualSense, um, you know, will work on a PS4 and whether a DualShock 4 will work on a PS5. So I think right now it's it's something that you can't assume either of those things are going to be um, available. So we'll, we'll have to wait and see if, if one of those things actually comes out. Yeah, I mean, definitely there's still a lot of questions to be known or to be answered from either one of these companies. But... I mean, right now, just based on everything that we know, who would you say 
has the edge or who's winning in terms of controller design and feature set when you really factor in everything? Would you give Microsoft the edge due to forward and backward compatibility and just refining a generally well-liked controller? Or would you give the edge to Sony who some, did something drastic but also brought new features to their controller line like haptic but returned with something like gyro hmm. it's a good question and, it, and it's not easier to answer because there is a lot to like about both as we as we've talked about over the last you know hour or so i would say right now based on what we've seen on paper again haven't had a chance to play with either of the controllers i'm sure we will in due course I would say Sony for me takes takes the edge right now. I I love the fact that they're taking risks on the new controller. I love the new design. I I think that the controller looks very appealing and inviting to to use. I am a big fan of the D-pad. The buttons look great. The the triggers, everything about it just just kind of pops and makes me interested to use it over the series x which again is going to be a wonderful controller to use but i would say it's more of a a a point up update you know versus a uh, an evolution because obviously you know sony has finally changed their design after 25 years and and microsoft has been kind of chipping away at the at the the uh the design for many many years and they're still you know working on that and i i think uh but yeah for me i would say sony has has the edge on 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 microsoft yeah i think unfortunately i think i'm going to go in the opposite way where i think i would give microsoft the edge right now i i've always found the xbox one controller or even the xbox controller dating back to the duke to the s and the 360, I think Microsoft has nailed the ergonomic design of controllers and they've been chipping away and they've been refining things over the years. And I have no doubt that the minor alterations they have made from the Xbox One controller to the Series X is going to, you know, it's continuing that tradition. The controller should rest in hands very comfortably, but I do find that the new features Sony is implementing into the DualSense to be exciting. Hmm. The shape of the controller appears to be very comfortable and the spacing of the face buttons is something that I'm happy to see because sometimes on a PlayStation controller or even the Xbox or a Nintendo controller, the face buttons are a little too close. So Sony's drastic change is definitely for the better. I'm excited to see how the DualShock or the DualSense will function. I want to get it into my hands and see how it feels see how the buttons feel because one thing i hated about the dualshock 3 is that the l2 and the r2 triggers were very mushy yeah they were not satisfying to use in a shooter absolutely it was better it was better on a dualshock 4 hopefully now it's much improved on the dual sense so i am excited to see what the dual sense can be just based on my history with the xbox controller i would give it the edge right now but this obviously you know i reserve the right to change my judgment <laughs> once these systems do launch and i have them in hands and i get to feel how the buttons you know compress and 
even see how well they're constructed because the DualShock 4 was not well constructed with the analog sticks and the shoddy battery. And even, I mean, my launch Xbox One controller eventually experienced significant drift in the left analog stick where the left analog stick would just get stuck in the upright position, which was, you know, quite disturbing when you're playing a game and you let go of the analog stick and your character just keeps running off into a direction and you're looking down at it and you see the stick stuck. Mm. And, you know, hopefully they're able to address all of these minor issues, although they can be costly when you have to go out and buy a new $75 controller. Right. But, you know, I think both companies have a good controller going into the next gen. I think we can definitely agree on that. Definitely, definitely. And I like you, I, I reserve judgment, you know, once we once we actually get these in our hands and, and play around with them. You know, your point about the, the triggers on the, the DualShock 3 is, is very a very good one because I, I experienced that myself. And I do think that the triggers on the Xbox controller generally have been a lot more superior over the, the PlayStation. But we'll see. We'll see what comes out of it. I'm excited. I think I applaud Sony for taking taking some risks. And, you know, Microsoft... Maybe they played it a little safe, but hey, you know what? Why change something that's that's not broken? Type of thing. Just keep chipping away, keep refining, keep making it better. A better iteration, I think, is is the right play for them. And then they'll have the elite controller, which is the the high end one that will have all the bells and whistles for the the fans, the super fans of of Microsoft and the big hardcore players will appreciate that. So yeah, I mean. I think um, you know both of them are very good on paper, and we'll see what what happens come uh, come launch when these systems inevitably get released. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, for me, Microsoft addressing their D pad problem with the Series X controller is a is a good sign. Sony addressing the battery problem with the DualShock Four with the DualSense is a good sign, and we have a lot to look forward to from these systems coming out. They both claim holiday 2020. We'll see because there's a lot of uncertainty this year. (laughs) But, you know, bravo on them for looking and listening to a lot of complaints over the last generation of what people had with their controllers and adopting new features into these new designs. So bravo to them. And that is how we will end today's episode. You can find MVG's channel linked in the description below. You can also listen to us on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. You can just search for Nate the Hate, or you can find links in the description below. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to give the video a like. If you didn't, give it a dislike. Let us know your thoughts on the Series X controller and the DualSense controller in the comment section below. We will be sure to read them and respond to you. MVG, it is a pleasure having you here. Thanks for having me on, man. It's always a joy to talk to you about these topics. And for everyone else, you have been embraced by... Hate.